Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether we like it or not, we need to collectively admit that we will never be a part of the capital class. It's just not going to happen. The system is not designed to support you moving up and becoming a part of those in power. Now, of course, you can always point to people who do it and say, but see, they did it. But one in 400 million or however many people exist in this country is not good odds for you to plan your life by. So in today's episode, I want to revisit a topic that I spoke about a few months ago. It's something that has been sort of like bouncing around in the back of my head uh, ever since then. And I think it's something that is really, really important for us to understand. And what I what I, I really want to dive into is the balance and the reality between capital and labor. Now, let me define these terms really quickly. So capital, in my view, is money, right? So it's it's money, it's equity, it's loans, it's leverage, it's debt, all of all of the like things that lead to having money. And its purpose in the economy is largely to purchase labor. That's why capital exists. It's an easy way to uh, uh, trade for labor or the byproduct of labor, i.e. goods and services. Now, labor, when I define labor, I mean work. So whatever your job is, whether it's in an office or it's in a hospital or it's in a, a mechanic shop or, or your plumber or whatever your work is, uh, labor is the work that you do. Now, you can have physical labor, you can have mental labor, emotional labor, there's all kinds of categories that labor falls into, but it is all considered work. It is work you do in exchange for capital. Now, right now, the way that our country, the United States, is structured, and I'm seeing this, or at least I'm seeing inklings of this from many other countries. If anyone out there listening is from another country, I'd love to hear um, uh, your thoughts on this episode, but the way that things are structured right now is that capital has all the power, and there's a few reasons for this. Uh, the big one, in my opinion, is that capital is easier to organize. So if we think of, and, and forgive me, I'm, I'm not trying to be insulting to, to labor here, um, but if we think of each individual dollar as being equivalent to each individual worker, and I don't mean in terms of like value, like obviously your labor's worth more than a, a dollar. Um, I mean in terms of like soldiers ready to act, like the units that you have to work towards something. 
So uh, for the capital class, they've got dollars, and those dollars can be physical or digital, but each individual dollar is a unit that they can put towards accomplishing some goal. Uh, for the labor class, each individual worker is a unit that can be uh, organized in some way with other units in order to potentially accomplish some potential goal. And the idea here is when you bring those units together on either side, that's where power lives. So if you're still following, I know it's a little confusing, just bear with me. So power exists when we bring these units of power together, whether in the form of individual dollars that come together to make a million dollars or individual workers that come together to make something like a union. Now, which of those is going to be easier to organize? If you are the person in the capital class and you control capital, then all you need to do is get your dollars together. Now, you may not have all of the money. You may need to go take out a loan or to like utilize equity in some asset that you have or, or whatever it is. But in order to have and, and turn your units into power, you just need to get those dollars together. Once you have it together, you are the person making decisions about how that power is wielded. So you decide who to hire. You decide what to invest in. You decide what to do with your capital. For the labor side, in order to get power together, you are dealing with individual people who each have individual needs, individual goals, individual views on things, and you need to somehow organize that labor around one specific outcome. That's significantly harder than just getting money together. And because of its ease of, of organization, Capital has more power. Now, in theory, they don't. When you look at them based purely on value, they should not. But because capital is so much easier to put together, it has the advantage. Now, there's another big reason why capital has more power, and it's because in capitalist systems, labor has been duped. We have all been lied to to believe that capital is more valuable. Labor has been framed as something you do in order to gain capital so that you no longer have to labor. And that automatically positions capital and its role in society as the goal, as the thing you are working towards. It's higher than you in the hierarchy. And those who have achieved it, those who currently have capital, are by definition seen as higher in the hierarchy as well. They have earned their positions at the top, and you just need to labor harder in order to potentially also earn your position at the top. Now, realistically, that's a lie. That's not how the system works, but that is what we've been led to believe. By doing so, and by the fact that capital is so much easier to organize, We've given capital significantly more power than it should because the reality is that capital has no power without labor. If you think back to what I said at the top of this episode, capital exists to purchase labor or the byproduct of labor. You hire workers, you hire service people, you hire or rather you buy goods and services. All of these things come from labor. Capital truly has no, like it doesn't exist. There's no reason for it without somebody to provide that labor. 
or to create the byproduct of that labor. So without labor, there is nothing to purchase and capital has no power. However, let's look at the flip side of it. Labor has power without capital because labor still has value even when capital is not being traded for it. If you go out and you mow somebody's lawn, even if they don't pay you, something of value was still produced. A better lawn, a better neighborhood, better uh, curb, curb value, like whatever. Labor was spent to mow this lawn. You did not receive capital for it, but there was still value created. And because labor is the creator of value, it means that people can trade labor directly or the byproduct of labor directly. So if you want to go and mow your neighbor's lawn and in exchange, they come and they weed your garden, that is a trade. Now we can talk about if that's even and blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. You can trade the labor directly because both acts of labor produce value. On the other side, if I give you $10 and you give me back $10 and there's nothing to spend that money on because for some reason there is no labor or goods or services to purchase, there is no value created. So one of these things is reliant on the other, and it's not labor. Labor can exist without capital. To me, that means labor is significantly more valuable. It has inherent value. Its value does not rely on on the existence of something else. Simply by laboring, we produce value. The other big thing that we need to keep in mind is that labor is in the majority. We cannot have everyone in the capital class. There's, there's, it just wouldn't make sense because there would be nobody to produce the labor that the capital class is paying for. And without that labor, as we just went through, Capital has no value. So by definition, in order to have a capital class, there has to be a labor class. And the labor class has to be the majority. So we are all in the labor class. Maybe there's some people listening to this that are multimillionaires or billionaires and good for you. But for the rest of us, we are all producing labor and therefore producing value in order to be paid. That makes us the labor class. And so what has happened, and I find this so fascinating, is that in order to maintain power, the capital class has had to keep telling you that you might become a part of them. So see what they've done here now. They've convinced you that capital is more valuable by positioning it higher up in the hierarchy, and creating it as this end goal for your labor. You labor in order to gain capital, not because labor in and of itself is valuable. You do it in order to gain capital. So they've already positioned capital as the goal, as the target that you're working towards. Then, because by definition we cannot have more people in the capital class than we do in the labor class, it gets treated as this like society, this like higher society that, that not everyone can get into except those who are truly dedicated, who are truly willing to sacrifice their, their 
blood, sweat, and tears in order to gain access. So it's for the select few. And then lastly, they convince you that you could do it too. And they do this by highlighting all of the stories over and over and over again of people who started at rock bottom and worked their way up through sheer dedication and, and, and sacrifice or people who were just geniuses and, and they didn't have anything going for them, but they were able to see this opportunity that other people couldn't see and act on it. If you really stop and look at virtually every story that is told in the United States and many other capitalist countries, and I mean stories told in the media, in, in what we cover in the news, in documentaries, in movies, those stories often... I won't say always, but often are rags to riches. That's the story format. Because what you need to do is convince a majority of people that they too could, by sacrificing their labor, make it into the capital class. And by combining all of these things, capital retains a level of power that they do not deserve. Because truthfully, they do not provide inherent value. Without labor, they do not have value. Without you, your employer does not provide value to anyone. So there's this idea called class consciousness. And I'm going to read the definition here from Wikipedia. Quote, in Marxism, class consciousness is the set of beliefs that a person holds regarding their social class or economic rank in society the structure of their class, and their class interests, end quote. So the idea is simple. It's how you think about where you are in the society you live. One of the interesting things that capitalism has done is that on the surface, they've gotten rid of classes. So there's no longer serfs, there's no longer peasants, there's no longer kings and queens, at least not within capitalist countries. So they've gotten rid of the idea of a class throughout society, and they've treated it as though anyone can move up through their, their labor sacrifice. Now, as we've established, that's not necessarily true. It's a lie that they need you to believe in order to keep you laboring, in order to keep you working towards this potential future. Class consciousness is beginning to think about class again because it still exists. There are the desperately poor in the United States. There are the ridiculously rich in the United States. And every other class you can think of in between those two also exists. Even amongst the rich, there are class differences between those who come from money and those who have earned their money, quote-unquote earned, um, in recent years. Class very much exists in the United States. The problem is that those who are at the top within the capital class are thinking about it, and they're thinking about how do we utilize class as a tool to keep those rowdy laborists down. Those of us who are not in the capital class never consider class whatsoever. We never think about where we fall. We consider ourselves to be temporarily embarrassed rich people 
who are just trying to get their way back up. If you've ever seen that show, Shit's Creek, that's how we all view ourselves. That, yeah, we're, we, we, we're not doing exactly what we want to be doing right now. We're not where we want to be right now, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to land on something, and that's going to be our big break. That's how most of us think about it. There is no class. There's just opportunity. And we just need to be good enough and, and willing to sacrifice enough to take advantage of that opportunity. The reality is that we each need to realize where we are in the hierarchy. We need to start thinking about class more. We are not, I, I want to I really emphasize this, you and I are not the wolves with unlimited choice. We are the lambs being sacrificed for slaughter in order to maintain the wolves' lifestyle. That doesn't have to be the way things are. Because as I laid out at the beginning of this episode, capital has no value without us. Your employer has no value without you. There are a lot of barriers to actually utilizing the power that we have. And that's part of why it's so damn hard and so damn scary to do so. If you remember my episode, my last episode on uh, universal health care, part of why they do not want you to have health care outside of the employer is because it makes it easier for you to demand things of your employer. If they no longer have your ability to go to the doctor hanging over your head, they're scared that you're going to dare to ask to be paid more or dare to ask for fewer hours or dare to get some kind of protection for you and your family. They're scared of you. And the first step to utilizing that power is realizing where you exist in the hierarchy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how you need to think or what you need to do going forward. All I'm going to ask is that you start to consider the role that social class and economic class plays in your day-to-day -day life. <laughs>